All right, hello everybody. This is Shay with uh, Touche, and my friend Kim is here again today. Hello, hello. Um, so today we are going to be recording a podcast about something that I am quite passionate about, and it's pollution. I think you're kind of feel the same way, passion wise. Like it's you know it's something that you know I'm I'm not a tree hugger. I'm not a hippie. I'm not you know someone that's out here you know being crazy about it it, it you know what i'm saying rubbing but it, crystals on everyone right but i mean i definitely we try it's to recycle right it's something that's been close i've to always tried to recycle time. right yeah. i've always tried to recycle and do that kind of thing but now i'm getting to the point where i want to do more because i'm seeing that recycling you know i think only like less than 10 percent of what we recycle actually gets recycled so it's you know, not enough. No, it's not yeah. enough. And and honestly, I didn't know that for many, many years of this whole recycling. I mean, my dad got me into recycling mm-hmm. years ago, and I didn't realize how much of our recycling doesn't actually get recycled until recently. Right. And that kind of, like, really freaked me out because I'm like, well, not well, I mean, yeah, I'm putting all this effort into it because I don't pay for the recycling. So I do right. it myself. I take, you know, I separate it and I take it to the recycling place down the road myself. And so... Basically, I got to the point where I was like, we're not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. We're not doing enough. I'm not saying enough to my friends and people that I know because here's the deal. We ha- I have a kid. You have a kid. We are creating such a nightmare scenario for them for when they're our age. Right. Um, if we don't hurry up and make a drastic change, they're not going to be able to get out of it. So... Like, basically, how I like to describe it is we've, you know, put, we've created this huge dirt pile, and we're, you know, trying to dig our way out of it, and now we've just added cement on the top, and you can't dig out of cement, and and that's exactly what we're doing for our children, so, you know, we always... Our kids are our lives. You know, we spend all this money on them. We're so worried about their future and their college and whether they're going to have money and all this other stuff and whether they're going to be good human beings and, you know, effective, you know, human beings. But yet, the one thing that we are not concerned about is the fact that they're not going to have clean water to drink. They're not going to have clean air to breathe. They're not going to... I mean, it's just... It's scary the amount of shit that we are piling on not just ourselves but on our children and right. our grandchildren. So it's a scary thought first of all. I don't I mean I don't know if I'll make it another 40 50 years, but if I do, I'm scared to see what that looks like because if we don't have air to breathe and we don't have clean water to drink, it's going to create a nightmare scenario yeah. with a quickness and a lot of the stuff that we do on this planet is not sustainable and it's and it's starting to catch up to us so we have to do better we have to get the word out for your average middle class lower class families we've got to do better um I, I, someone posted something on the neighborhood app i guess 2 weeks ago and he saw someone throw their food containers out the window and he said nothing makes me matter than seeing someone just blatantly just disregard the earth and just throw yeah. their trash out on the road and like I will never forget this so uh, my boyfriend and I we were sitting at a McDonald's in the drive-thru 
one day and I look over and there's this car in the parking lot and this man, first of all, the car was literally piled with trash. Ugh. He started literally just like scooping, scooping it out, scooping it out. But okay. So I actually walked up and I said something to him. And when I got up to him, I noticed that it was like dirty needles and yeah. like, just try, you could tell that they were living in their car yeah. And I walked up to him and I was like, look, man, <laughs> I was like, dude, really? Like, <laughs> There's probably a trash can three steps Oh, yeah, and there was. There was multiple trash yeah. cans. And I was like, "Is?" I think he, he was looking for something. I guess he'd lost his dope or something. I don't know. But it just made me sick to sit there and watch someone do that. And I begged him. I was like, please clean this up. And I sat and watched him and he didn't, he didn't clean it up. He left it sitting there. Oh, wow. And, I mean, I was just crushed like I felt like and and I don't understand why there's so many people on this earth that just don't give a shit that that behave that way that behave that way and are just so I mean honestly I just feel like that that is trashy it's trashy if you are throwing your litter out of your car or whatever if you are doing that I'm sorry that's that's trashy behavior and that is just trashy. That's gross. There are, I mean, trash cans are not that elusive. <laughs> I mean, they are around. They're everywhere, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not that hard to, if you have a brain in your head, not too hard to find. In fact, there was a period where um, where we were trying to help these homeless guys. Mm-hmm. And they were standing on the side of the road and they were, you know, begging for money with their signs and we knew that they were addicts, and so we kind of befriended them and did what we could to help them. Mm-hmm. But there were several times that I drove up onto where they what they what they call flying their sign, <laughs> and begging for money, basically panhandling, and and there was just trash everywhere. And I like begged, I'm like, look, guys, it like, please, you got to do better than this. Yeah. Please do better than this. Like I know that your life sucks and that, you know, it's shit, but please, you've got to do better than this for me. And I did notice that after that, the ones that I, you know, befriended, they started to clean up their stuff. Clean up a little bit, clean up their corner. Yeah, throw away their stuff. So, but look, and I get it. It's not like, here's what I don't get. I, I don't understand why more people are not more concerned with it because if we love our children, if we love our the younger people in our family that are going to be taking over this earth, if we truly love them, why are we not doing more yeah. about it to make it to where it's like law? Because I'm seeing some really disgusting things happening on this planet. And really, the majority of it is it's happening because these company, these plastic companies and these chemical companies, the ones that are not environmentally you know, doing what they should, making a disgusting mess, basically, mm-hmm. that people are going to... We'll be lucky We'll be yeah. lucky to be able to clean that up. But basically, the way that they get away with that is money. Right. It, it's all about money. It's all about power. If you've got the money, if you've got the power, you can shut everybody else up and basically do what you want. And, and, and in order for that to change... Like, the average, everyday person like you and me, we have to all stand up and say, look, this is bullshit. It's not enough. You've got to do better. Right. We have to do better, all of us, as a planet, because otherwise, 
We're not going to have air to breathe. We're not going to have water to drink. We're not going to have food to eat. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to become an apocalyptic scenario Mm -hmm. with a quickness if we don't hurry up and do something about the mess that we're making on this planet. So I've written down some, uh, some statistics and some really scary facts. Um, some of these are probably maybe a few years old. So this one says air pollution cost the globe an uh, $8.1 trillion in 2019. $8.1 trillion is, is what air pollution cost our globe. And that was a few years ago, four years ago. So uh, pollution, pollution is the largest environmental cause of disease and premature death. Pollution causes more than 9 million premature deaths the majority due to air pollution, and that is more deaths than AIDS, TB, and malaria combined. So air pollution kills um, a lot of babies, basically. More than 75% of the Earth's land areas are substantially degraded, and if the trend continues, it could be 90% by 2050. So that means when my daughter is in her 40s, when she's my age, Mm -hmm. 90% of the planet is going to be degraded and that's disgusting that's it we, it's got to stop we have to do better calculating amount of plastics that end up in the ocean each year um in okay so in kilograms india it's a 20 126.5 million kilograms which for us americans is 61,000 tons um china Oh, wait, hold on. No, that one was, sorry, 139,000 tons. China, 70.7 million kilograms is 77,000 tons. And Indonesia, 56.3 million kilograms, and that's 61,000 tons. So those are the biggest offenders for the plastics that end up in our oceans. Um, The U.S. is eighth on that list with 2.4 million kilograms, which is 22,000 tons. Okay, now, when you look at a different one, though, when you're looking at figures on plastic waste, we are the worst at 42 billion kilograms, and then India, 26.3 billion kilograms. Sorry, that was billion, not even million. Billion, 42 billion kilograms. So the U.S., our plastic waste every year is 42 billion kilograms. And then India is 26.3 billion kilograms, and China, 21.5 billion kilograms. That's that's a lot of plastic. Like, I can't even fathom, like, and the thing is, plastic doesn't go away. Like, it doesn't just go away. It doesn't biodegrade. It will never biodegrade. So that means that literally our earth is piling up with plastic and we are not stopping. We're not, we're not only are we not stopping, but we're putting out more and more each year Mm -hmm. with nowhere for it to go eventually we're going to run out of space. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. This earth is only so big. We only have so many landfills. We only have, you know, there are only so many places that this stuff is going to be able to fit and eventually it's going to overflow if we don't do something about it. So, um, microplastics are the tiny plastic particles that result from both commercial product development and the breakdown of larger plastics. So basically microplastics <laughs> is like little just plastic beads like balls um i saw a a program recently and it was showing this chemical um plastics that is a chinese um company and they're it was just nasty i mean you walk to the ocean right next to where their 
plant is and they pulled up some of the water and sand and you could see tiny little plastic mm. balls and I mean it was disgusting so microplastics are taught can be toxic they can have carcinogenic effects sorry it's carcinogenic properties and they can also be mutagenic meaning they can change our DNA when inhaled or ingested they remain in the body Microplastics are every in everything we eat and drink, and the largest source is in our drinking water. A 2018 study shows that plastic particles are in 93% of bottled water, and a 2017 study shows microplastics were found in 83% of tap water, and the U.S. was worst off with 94% tap water contamination. So all this water that we're paying monthly for, this huge water bills and sewer bills and but 94% of our water, tap water, is contaminated. That's scary and gross. Um, I have a filter, a pure, one of those little yeah. filters. Like so what I do, when we first moved into this house, we were drinking a lot because our water is not the best here. Mm-hmm. So we were drinking a lot of bottled water, and I got to the point where I was like, I can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. I want to have filtered water. I can't afford a big home filtration system. So I went to Walmart and I got some like reusable plastic bottles Mm -hmm. and a pure water filter pitcher thing. And so I just, you know, fill up the bottles, put them in the fridge. When we're done, I clean them out, Mm -hmm. refill it. Uh, Not only is our, I mean... The, the water bottles, I mean, we were literally overflowing the water bottles yeah. before we could get them to the, to recycling, the recycling center. center. Yep. So, I ha- I mean, I, it was not only was it putting way too much on me, on my time, mm-hmm. but then I was like, dude, this is ridiculous. And I know that not all of this is even going to get recycled. So, I've got to do something. Instead of just recycling, I've got to figure out a better way. And so, that is what... I chose to do about that problem. One small change that does make a and bit it, of difference. And it did. It made a huge difference. Like just the plastic could, you know, that we're recycling out of this house, it's way less than what it was. Mm. I mean, I was like literally overflowing in plastic. <laughs> um, I also went and bought some uh, reusable shopping bags at Walmart. They're like less than a dollar. Yeah, like I think 73 they're like 80 cents. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they're super cheap. <laughs> and and honestly, my boyfriend, the first time we used them, he was like, I feel so extra. Because, like, <laughs> we're in a town that is not, it's not a big city. And even in the big city that we're near, it's just not yeah, really that big Yeah, we're in a town thing. where there's, like, a lot of camouflage and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's, yeah, people aren't thinking about the environment the mm-hmm. way that they should. So, basically... You know, when we walked in that first time, he was like, I feel extra. But then it was really cool because when we started bagging up our groceries, the bag, I mean, it's so much nicer and easier. Yes, you can fit it and stack Mm -hmm. it. So, like, and and I know anyone who's like OCD or something like that would be super great for you Mm -hmm. because it's, and it's, I don't, I'm not OCD, but I like to organize and like, you know, that kind of thing. So, for me, that was great. You can fit way more into one bag without mm-hmm. being worried about it getting a hole in it. Yeah, or, you have to double it up. Or, yeah, you don't have yeah. to do it right. So I don't know why we didn't do that a long time ago because yeah. that's another thing we ended up with was a big pile of plastic bags <laughs> in our recycling 
nook. And so we were little, I mean, and I know that, you know, I can take them to the, but I mean, I just, it just was getting too much. And right. so now I don't have to worry about that anymore. That's one less worry for me. It's a less worry for the planet. It's just, I mean, really, it's it's something that's super simple to do. It's got so many benefits, way more benefits than negative. I mean, I can't even really think of a negative, honestly. Right. Your bag doesn't break on you. You don't poke holes in it because the corner of your box, like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. pokes the hole in the bag. It's just so much nicer. It is so, so much nicer. So I highly recommend going out and purchasing. You don't even have to spend a lot of money. Just a few of them should be enough. If you are someone who goes to the grocery store that piles up a cart, maybe get like five or six. Um, And again, they're under a dollar. It's really, it's not, you know, it's not, you don't have to be wealthy to do that kind of thing or rich. It's something that the average American that doesn't make a lot of money because that's what we are. Mm -hmm. It's something that the average person can do and it not be out of reach. So, and that's a big problem, I think, is that a lot of the companies that, are trying to be more sustainable and trying to be more environmentally friendly are a lot more expensive. Right. You know, so... So it starts to become a class thing. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. But here's a cool thing. So I just found a couple of companies that I can use and I do use. So one of them is for laundry sheets. It's Earth Breeze. And it's... They're literal, like, soap. Like, they look like little pieces of paper. Little half pieces of paper. And it's basically the laundry soap without mm-hmm. water in it. And so you use it just as if you would, you know, use a cup of laundry detergent, but it doesn't come in a plastic container. It comes in, you know, a little cardboard pack or a little, you know, paper package that's biodegradable. You can put it in your garden if you want, actually. Oh, it's wow. biodegradable. Yeah. Um, it's compostable. So, um, so it's like, I think, if you subscribe, and I'm not, a, like we talked about this the other day, I'm not a big subscription person because I never know if I'm going to have the money in my mm-hmm. account on that particular day, whatever, or if I'm even going to need them. So, but the cool thing about this is, first of all, it's way cheap. I think it's like, instead of like $20 for a pack of 60, it ends up being like $12 for a hmm. pack of 60. And so, and they send you an email a couple days in advance. If you either don't have the money or you don't need them yet, you can always put the put your order off for a week, two weeks, whatever, however long you want to. You can always, if you don't like it, obviously cancel the subscription. It's right. super, and it, they're super easy to get a hold of too. Like, so recently, instead of just the laundry sheets, I bought a pack of, um, there are also sheets for like a cleaner. So you get oh. a, a water, uh, you know, I have a glass, um, refillable water bottle, spray bottle, and you put the sheet in there and you fill it with water and it's a multi-purpose cleaner. So I bought a package of those, but I knew that that's not something I would need every On the month. Regular, right. yeah, yeah. So, but the next time when I went to get my laundry sheets, <laughs> they, like, it charged me for two. It sent me both, and it charged me for both. And so I emailed them, and I was like, "Hey, you know, I got another package of these. I didn't need them. I didn't want to. That was a one-time thing, not a subscription." And they were like, sure, no problem. They refunded me. The next day, they said, if you don't need them, do us a favor and give them to a charity, a local charity. And another cool thing about this one is that for every package that you buy of 60, they will donate 10, a pack of 10, to a charity of your choice. Hmm. So I think I gave something to the homeless shelter and, like, an animal shelter. Um, So 
not only are you getting help every time, you know, that you get them, and they're not taking up these big jugs. I mean, laundry jugs are right. huge. And when you look at the ingredients of a laundry soap, the number one ingredient is water. water so yeah. if you take all that water out of it, this is what you're left with. Now you've got no plastic waste. You've got a laundry detergent that I think works just as well yeah. than as the as regular laundry detergents I was using. And now I don't have these big old jugs that I, you know, have to take to the recycling center, whether I not, you know, where it might not get recycled. So, uh, so anyway, so that is like, I'm like super big on this company. Like I said, they're super easy. They're super quick to respond to your emails. They're super like, you know, no questions asked. We screwed up. We'll give you your money back. And, and I like that they donate to charity too. Cause I mean, if, if you are making, you know, however much companies make, which I know there's a lot of companies out there that are making billions every year do something good with some of that money. Right. It's not, I mean, you know, in the end, what is it going to keep your company from making what a couple billion this year, as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, a, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it for these super, super wealthy people, not that much of a difference. To right. Where, as a drop in the bucket. Right. Them. You've already got enough money for your next 20, 30 generations mm-hmm. of people. If the planet's even alive that long, but, yes. <laughs> and that's, and that's a big if, um, so anyways, but, you know, like, I always think, like, why why don't companies do more to, yeah. like, help the underdog, to help people and, and animals? And and then there's another company, so I was in Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't shop at Bed Bath & Beyond, and I went uh, very often. It's just, a, like, a once every few months type of thing. I can't even remember what I was in there for, but I ran across Blue Land, and it's a, a cleaner company, and you, um, basically, you buy the bottles and I think the first, like for the set of the three bottles, so it was two cleaner bottles and then a glass foam soap hand dispenser. I think it was around like, I think 40 bucks and it came with the, the tablets for each one. So basically you put a tablet down in the bottle, fill it with water and you got your cleaner. So they've got a multi-purpose cleaner. They got a bathroom cleaner. They've got, um, the hand soap, the foaming hand soap and a, um, glass cleaner. Hmm. And actually, yeah. So it was three, so three cleaning bottles multi-purpose bathroom and uh glass and then a glass foam hand soap dispenser so that's four so yeah four for 40 i mean that's not bad and so and really and then the tablets are like a couple bucks i think maybe Hmm. like one or two dollars a piece so yes it's an investment like right up front right but then every you know month or two months however quickly you go through these products you have to buy a little tablet for a, a, a buck, buck or two. Or two. Yeah. It's wrapped in and it looks like just like a paper. Yeah, it's just a little paper sack that, mm-hmm. you know, that you and that's recyclable and and you put it in the bottle and you fill it up with water and and it, and it works really well. I like it. I think it's I mean, you know, but I wouldn't have known about it had I not gone into Bed Bath and Beyond. Right. They need to, you know, be using these types of products in Walmart, Kroger, Public, whatever, Everywhere. whatever yeah. your grocery store is where most people, <laughs> everyday people shop, they need to have that in there. Because, yes, I know there's a lot of companies that will ship stuff to your door, but a lot of us that, you know, don't have a lot of extra money, we do our shopping at Walmart mm-hmm. and Kroger and, and stuff like that. So we need to get more of these products into our grocery stores. The hands stores. of everyone. Right, yeah. into the hands of everyone. It's got to be accessible for everyone. And, and honestly, you know what? You don't even have to buy 
the bottles. You can use a cleaning bottle that you've cleaned out. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't afford the or initial ninety-nine cent plastic one, right? From, again, Walmart exactly or dollar, or store. dollar store. Yeah, you can go get your own and just reuse your own bottle. You don't even have to use theirs. Now, I like theirs because they're nice and they're you know firm and you know they're they're easy to use. But you don't have to. I've got a ton of cleaning supplies that I rinse out and I try to always reuse those bottles if I can. Mm-hmm. But now. That I've got these, I don't have to worry about that. So, but yeah, so your average everyday person, like you could just buy the the tablets themselves, and if you can't afford to buy the bottles, just go get a bottle at Walmart yeah. or the dollar store. It's really, it's doable. It's things like that that are gonna make a big difference, right? Yeah. So if one person does it, it might make a little bit of difference. But if we can get the word out to where everyone starts making these changes then it's going to make a really big difference. Yeah. And another thing I try to do, I always try to, like, repurpose. So if I get, like, there's, like, you know, the gallon jugs of ice cream, the plastic tubs. Mm-hmm. You'll see those all over my house. I love to reuse those. Oh, those were great when my son was little, putting the little, like, ring toys in. Right, stuff, Legos. Buckets of, yeah, yeah, buckets. And then I'll take, like, a chalk marker and I'll, like, <laughs> you know, write on there whatever is in my bucket or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I also use them for my cereal. So I wash them out and then I use them for cereal because they stack nicely as opposed to like, you know, all the boxes and stuff. So I'll like for each different kind of cereal we have, we'll we'll take a bag of cereal and we'll put it in the the bucket. I don't have to worry about ants. Mm -hmm. Like if you ever have a problem with ants, like they'll find the way into your cereal, which is gross. There's nothing worse than like going for a bowl of cereal and you got ants in your cereal. (laughs) So that you know, prevents that too. And yeah, so it's easily stackable. You can put your cereal in there. You don't have to worry about ants finding it. And it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's just not, it, it works. I like it. So I always try and, you know, repurpose because I know that our recycling is not the best. So that's another way to, you know, kind of make a little bit of a change is Mm -hmm. to repurpose those things. And like I said, I'm kind of big into organizing. I mean, we're sitting in my craft room right now, and like I've like that's just what I do. I I like to organize all my stuff and like, you know, bins and stack them all up. So that kind of thing, that's my jam. But <laughs> might not be for everybody, but it is for me. And so I like to, I like to put my stuff in bins and stack them yeah, all up. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I love. That. I like to be able to label them, and and I like mason jar. I love mason jars. Mm. I love to use mason jars for different things. So, um, that's just something that I like to do. And I know not everyone likes to do that, but it is what it is. That's, that's my thing. But even if you don't like to organize or anything like that, you should still try and find purposes for plastic, especially because it's not biodegradable. Um, you know, sometimes I'll try and do something with cardboard or whatever, but especially plastic because it's just, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. If it's lucky, it might get turned into another thing that's plastic, and that also won't go anywhere. That also won't go anywhere. <laughs> it's like a never-ending cycle of just shit. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. It just won't go anywhere. And, like, I don't know. Look, I know that plastic has done a lot of good in this Absolutely. world. I do. It's I mean, impo- there's a, it has its place, it defi- for sure. It definitely is in a lot of medical, mm-hmm. you know, lot, lots of stuff that we need plastic for, obviously. I'm not saying we should just get rid of 100% of the plastic. It's not feasible. It's not... Honestly, it's not even necessary. One thing we do need to do, though, is I just recently found out that our clothes are made of fibers that are made from plastics. Mm -hmm. So all of our clothes that, you know, when you toss away 
and you put in the garbage can that ends up in a landfill to sit there and again not biodegrade because it is plastic so that was kind of eye-opening too so um i know at h&m if you take a bag of clothes uh that you would have would have gone in the landfill or to like Goodwill or whatever, wherever you, which I don't recommend giving to Goodwill because they just turn around and make a profit of it. But like if you've got a local thrift shop or something that you would have given to, mm-hmm. if you take the clothes that you would normally throw away or give away to someone else to H&M, they will reuse that fabric to make their clothes huh. and they will give you a coupon off your next purchase. I think it's like 15% off your next purchase. Hmm. So... I mean, you know, it's it's things like that, companies like H&M, you know, big companies that can start doing things like that to help with the problem because it is a big problem and it's getting bigger by the day. And again, like maybe not all of us will be around to see yeah. that the horror that becomes from this problem, but our kids will, our grandkids will. So you know, it's time that we have to do something better. We have to, we have to get the word out to the average person. Yeah. It just, it has to get done. So, you know, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not a tree hugger. I'm not some hippie. And, you know, like, obviously I do use plastic. I do, I know that there's, you know, chemicals everywhere. And I try to do the best I can with like getting that stuff out of my life. But, you know, I'm only doing what I can do at my economic, right. <laughs> you know, level. Like, it is what it is. So, but there are things that even low and middle class people can do. And, you know, it's important if you love your kids. We've just, we've got to do something for our kids or our kids are going to be screwed. Yeah, They're going to be totally screwed and it's going to be all our fault. And I don't like that. Because, like, if, I mean, we, we all love our kids. I mean, most of us. <laughs> hopefully can't speak for everyone well, i can't speak for everyone in but in general right in general kids. we love our kids and we want what's best for them and we try to do what's best for them but this is the one area that we're just failing them miserably yeah. and it's really kind of scary because if the average person doesn't stand up and tell these big companies that do have the power and do have the money to to make an actual change if we don't stand up and say something to them it's just going to keep getting worse and we're going to get into a situation that we're not going to be able to get out of. Mm-hmm. And that's the scary part. At least now, if we do something drastic, we can make a change. Right. But in 20, 30 years, if we wait, we might not get that opportunity. Um, another thing, so 79% of plastic ends up in the landfills. Um, and also about microplastics, I think it says that we eat, the average person eats five grams of microplastics in a week, and that's the weight of a credit card. So you are literally ingesting a credit card pretty much every credit week. Credit card's worth of Credit card's worth of plastic, and that is <coughs> pretty gross if you ask me. Um, so another, let's see, another thing that's not sustainable on top of the plastic is our burial. <laughs> We've talked about this a little bit. So when we die, think about, and I, I read a study recently that said 43% of people go with the normal, traditional embalming and burial. So 43% of the United States, I think it's the United States. I don't know if it was like humans on the earth or just, I think that one was just the United States. The United States. States I, I think so too. Um, 
so that's a lot of people. Okay, so you got to think about this. So they're taking your body and they're putting a bunch of really nasty toxic chemicals in it. And then they're putting you in this box, which is probably like fiberglass or something, plastic of some sort, whatever. And they're burying you in the ground. And that is never going to be biodegradable. It's going to be in there forever. Now, I don't, you know, when you really truly think about it, whether you're a math person or not, there's only so much land on earth and even if you build upwards there's only so much room on this earth that dead bodies can be buried Mm -hmm. and that's just the way it is like we are going to run out of room and then also you got to think about it like when people buy like a burial plot and stuff at cemeteries and you're basically paying for a lifetime like not even a lifetime but lifetimes like forever of someone taking care of your grave how is that sustainable? Yeah. Like, why do I think that someone in 3050 gives two shits about <laughs> my grave? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just not sustainable. It's, it's weird. I don't, like, I don't know how we ever got to that. Like, who the first person was that was like, you know what? I'm going to take all the guts and all the blood out of this body. I'm going to put a bunch of toxic shit in it. And I'm going to bury it in this box that will never biodegrade. Like, who came up with that? Like, seriously, I want to, like, what genius came up with that (laughs) idea? Like, and why did you think that that was going to be sustainable in any way? That someone is just going to take care of your remains for, you know, 200 years? Like, it's weird and and it's not sustainable. It's just not, it's not something that can be done. Because eventually people are going to stop caring about Shay's grave here with this, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, no one gives a shit. My grave pops up. They're going to be like, what do I do with this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's weird. And I know a lot of people do it and I'm not, like, I get that that's like the normal thing to do and it always has been. But it's a very, when you truly think about it, it is a very weird thing to do and it's not a sustainable thing to do because as our population grows i think something i read recently said 12 people die every second every second 12 people die and that's and it's just going to keep getting more and more as the population Mm -hmm. grows so with 12 people dying every second thank god not everyone does that type of burial because then we would really be screwed there are different options though and in this backwards ass state that I live in it's not legal yet to do the human composting hopefully it will be soon but like Washington California some New York some more of your uh left progressive states have actually you know made this legal and it's amazing because we've got to do something because this is just not it's it's just not going to be able to continue the way that we've been doing it. I mean, like I said, there's only so many places you can bury people, and I don't care how many mausoleums you build. If you keep doing that, we're going to just have nothing but dead bodies just all over the earth. out everywhere. <laughs> and that's weird, and that's gross. No one wants to see a bunch of dead bodies anymore, especially ones that have a bunch of nasty chemicals that have preserved it in some weird fucking way. I don't even know. Anyways, so there's some other options in this day and age and as not as much for people who live in your bible belt in your southern states probably the ones that haven't legalized this yet but hopefully this will be legal very very soon in all of our states the human composting where basically they 
you know, put the human body in with like straw and different things and they compost it into a soil and then they can either give the soil back to the loved ones to go and put in their garden or maybe make a memorial flower garden or mm-hmm. something with that um, soil, which I think is fantastic because that's basically a life cycle. You're born of this earth and then you you put back in the earth and you actually do something good for the mm-hmm. earth as opposed to doing something bad for the earth and unsustainable for the earth, which right. is what we've been doing. And even cremation, I mean, that's still that's putting a bunch of CO2 in the air and that's bad for the mm-hmm. carbon emissions. So, you know... While cremation is probably, you know, the better option of the two when it comes to burial. Space-wise. Or space-wise. And, you know, you don't have a bunch of chemicals in the ground. You don't have a bunch of, you know, things that won't decompose in the ground. And also, there's a lot more in the way of um, urns that are biodegradable. I think they said that there was something like a, uh, what is this, Himalayan salt Oh, the pink, Himalayan pink salt. Himalayan yeah. pink salt. You can get an urn <laughs> made of Himalayan pink salt and different things that will eventually, you know, break down and and decompose. And so for burying, though, there's some, uh, there's a few different options that I didn't know of. One of them is a mushroom shroud, and basically they take your body and they make a little mushroom forest out of your body and (laughs) your body like grows these mushrooms which I think is kind of neat I mean because then it takes all the chemical all the nasty chemicals that our body would give off and be bad for the planet it turns around and uses those to actually give back to the planet which I think is pretty cool there's also water cremation um, which is basically like putting a dead body in like a nice warm bath and letting it cremate that way as opposed to burning it in a fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the blogs said something like, instead of burning grandma in a fire, you're putting her in a warm bath. Ooh, nice warm bath. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it kind of just turns it into a little soup of uh, like, <laughs> but it said that all soup. the tissue that had dissolved, that it was what that had been sterilized. Yeah. It's sterile. Yeah. Point. It ends up being just sterile and nothing bad for the planet. So, um, all the nasty chemicals that our body emits, it takes care of those yeah. and it ends up just being basically a liquid that is just, it's not harmful. Right. And then gross to think so about, it, yeah, but it's kind we of do a, need to think outside the box here. Right. Literally. Literally. No that's a, yeah. No, definitely pun intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay. So yes, we do need to think outside of the burial box for sure. So we got mushroom shrouds. We got water cremation, human composting, which is what I talked about a second ago, where they basically just turn you into a soil. And, and, and if you're family member, you know, if you're not a gardener and you don't want to use grandma's soil to fertilize your Mm -hmm. you know your flower garden you can always give it to a company that will use it Mm -hmm. so it will get used they don't just like you know toss it out in the street (laughs) um the next one you can do is this is a little unconventional but it's called a body farm i was always super into like forensics and and forensic psychology and stuff and i remember learning about the body farm years ago but basically there are places where you can you can give your uh the remains to the body farms and basically they use the remains to um, study how the body decomposes in different environments. So how does it decompose in a swamp? Or how does it decompose if it gets eaten by maggots or eaten by crows or, you know, different things. So they'll do different things to the bodies to so that they can study, you know, what happens when we are decomposing. And uh, that can help, like, with the FBI, like, you know, when they find a body you know, crime scenes, crime scenes, any yeah. kind of crime scene that, you know, where a body has been decomposed, 
they can try and figure out a little bit better like what this body went through. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like donating your body to science. My grandfather donated his body to science, and he actually, they used his eyes to help a blind guy see. So, oh. and then he was cremated. So you can donate your body to science, which I think is a great thing, because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, doctors can use them to... Um, to learn new practices or whatever so and and also they can use the the parts that still work and give and I hope everyone on here that's listening is an organ donor because that's a good I mean you never know when someone is going to need an organ and you're not using it (laughs) you know I mean I mean I hate to be so crass but that's just the thing you're not using it there's no sense if you've got a good kidney or heart or liver or something that can help someone else survive. Mm-hmm. Why not? Like, why? What? what is the downside of that? So that's one less body part that's going to have to be decomposed of. Medically right, or whatever. Exactly, yeah. Disposed of in any of the ways that we're talking about. Uh, another one that I did not know about, um, this is the last one we're going to talk about, is sea burials. So basically kind of just like the old Vikings used to do, when pirates and you know people that lived on the sea they just dump them in the ocean <laughs> and so there are actually companies on the coast that will take your loved ones out and take them out and basically give them a burial at sea they'll take wow. the funeral party out and they'll do you know then do this little thing on the boat and then you dump the body yada yada whatever <laughs> so it's you know then it's taken care of naturally and there's also i think something that said that there's a company that's like um if you want to do this, like with the whole burial at sea thing, they can add something to the body or the ashes. I think it was to the ashes maybe, or I don't even know what they said, but they add something to it to where they can put it down and it can become a, um, a coral reef. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that'd be kind of cool. Like knowing that your loved one is, you know, providing a home for all kinds of sea life and stuff. Mm -hmm. So those, any of those are better and more sustainable than, just burying someone in a box and, um, you know, that's not, oh, and also if you do just really insist on being buried, there are ways to do it that is more sustainable. And the first one is don't get embalmed. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get a bunch of toxic chemicals in a body that you're putting underground because in case y'all don't know this, we do need our ground to grow crops and all that stuff. So the more chemicals we put in it, the worse it gets for that kind of stuff. So, don't get embalmed. Don't get the nasty chemicals pumped in your body, which I don't know why you would want that anyways. Because, again, you don't use your body when it's, you know, when you die, you're done with it and it goes away. You don't ever need it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, you know, don't get embalmed. And also they've got caskets that are made from things that can eventually break down, and like banana leaf, willow, seagrass, and bamboo. So instead of being buried in a fiberglass or a plastic coffin get a coffin that will actually break down over time. Um, it's, I mean, I just don't see why that's not just becoming the norm, becoming the norm. Like that should be the norm for every state. (laughs) All of these things should be legal in every state. Every family should be able to choose and, or excuse me, every person should be able to choose Mm -hmm. what happens with their body even After if you do done. choose a casket or whatever, but we should be adding a lot of these options to the list. Well, and it shouldn't be an outrageous, honestly, like, oh, well, you're going to pay 12 times more than normal right. to do it this way. No, yeah, it's got to be obviously, but I mean, burial is no cheap thing. That shit's expensive. Right. And not, I mean, <laughs> it's expensive and like, I mean, 
again, there are ways to do it that are not going to be so bad for Mm -hmm. our earth. It's just what it is. Like, you know, if you, what's the point in getting embalmed? Like, who do you think is going to dig you up in 50 (laughs) years and be like, oh, well, he looks like shit. Of course he looks like shit. He's a dead body. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. That's a weird thing that we did to begin with. And I'm not trying to insult anybody and I'm not trying to insult anybody in the mortuary business. It's big business. I know people make a shit ton of money from it. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, is that these mortuary companies, they need to start thinking about sustainability, our planet, and the future. And the fact is, is that we can, if everyone on the earth was buried that way, we would be in a world of hurt. And we've got to start making those changes. So why not make those changes now mm-hmm. before, you know, it continues to be a big problem? Because otherwise, bodies are just going to keep burying, like, you know, building up and building up and building up. And it's just, again, there's not enough land. There's just not enough space. We're already drowning in plastic. We can't be drowning right. in dead bodies, too. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. That's my point. We don't, I mean, think about horrific that would be, like, just dead bodies just everywhere. <laughs> it's just, picture, I keep picturing, like, bodies and, like, forks. Like, lots of plastic forks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going to leave our... And soda can rings. Like, in a million years. cut up. Right. You can, <laughs> yeah, you can, like, look down at the planet and you see a bunch of dead bodies and <laughs> plastic forks. That's... But seriously, I mean, it's... it. That's what we're doing. And if we yeah. don't hurry up and make a change, again, we're not going to have an Earth to live on. And the Earth is eventually going to be like, get the fuck off. Mm-hmm. And it's going to kick us off like a little bug. And it's going to be done with humans, and that's going to be it. So, you know, I mean, it's it's time we all start doing some of this time. Companies, big and small, start trying to make a difference, start trying to, you know, be done, you know, like get their carbon emissions down as low as possible, if not any, uh, which I know that some, I think Amazon is a company that is working towards no carbon emissions or whatever, in so many years, mm-hmm. you know, they're, and it's going to take big companies like that, that do big things and make big gestures to create a sustainable way of living. Yeah. There's just so many things on this earth that are not sustainable, whether it means our meat industry, that's not sustainable. Our oil consumption. Our oil consumption, that's not sustainable. Like, the fact is, like, our, even... You know, it's a whole argument right now, electric cars or not electric cars. Well, first of all, eventually, we're going to have to figure out something else, regardless whether it's electric cars or what. We have to get a power source that is not based on oil, Mm -hmm. period. And both of those things, in the end, are going to be based on oil or some kind of power. So until we make a power source that is sustainable... You know, we, I mean, both of those things are really not the best option, but the electric vehicle probably is better than the gas driving vehicle because we don't, again, we don't have, like, oil is going to run out Mm -hmm. unless we figure out a new way to make it that is not, you know, mining it out of the earth. Mining is just not a sustainable practice at all, whether it be mining for diamonds, mining for oil, mining for gold, all that, the mine, and mining destroys our planet. The Amazon is literally being destroyed every day, legally and illegally, being destroyed because people are 
chopping up the trees to use for, uh, you know, wood, which is another thing that's not sustainable. And then, um, they're mining, they're doing all this illegal mining for gold in the Amazon. So Mm. basically like acres and acres and acres, hundreds of acres of the Amazon have been destroyed already and it's shrinking by the day. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how many of you paid attention in science class, but we actually need trees to breathe. <laughs> so if we cut down all our trees, we won't be able to breathe. So that is one thing that's important. Um, and the cool thing about today's day and age is that we can get all of our... There, there are sustainable uh, building companies like where you can make a house completely out of like... Um, whether it be recycled wood that had been thrown in the landfill or... Um, you know, bamboo even is way better because bamboo grows really quickly. Right. And, and it grows at a ferocious, like it spreads like no other. But so bamboo is way better to use than regular wood. I mean, there's just, there's so many options in this day and age and we need to start utilizing them more. Um, because, you know, like I said, we're cutting down all our trees. That's not going to work because then we won't have anything to breathe. <laughs> but unfortunately that's what's happening. Yeah. Between furniture and houses and everything we're cutting down all our trees and again we need trees to breathe so you know there's so many things and i'm sure we will touch on many more things in the future that's just a few that i wanted to cover today so um i hope that you enjoyed it i hope that you can think about how you can make a change because the average family does throw away a lot we have a lot of waste yeah just the average family has a lot of waste and there are ways that we can help with that waste and no matter what income bracket you are there's something that you can do all you can try to do and 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 it may seem like a small thing but if millions of people do it it's going to make a huge difference right so whether you think oh well this isn't going to make a difference it will make a difference and it will spread and the more people that start doing it and start talking to their friends and you know, look, I found this company or look, I found this and we can do this. That's how we're going to get these ideas out there. That's how we're going to get people to start making these changes that may seem small at the time, but when you multiply it by millions, it's going to make the biggest difference in the world. And it's going to make all the difference because if we don't hurry up and do something, we're going to be fucked. We're screwed. We're screwed. I mean, that's, it's as simple as that. We will be screwed. Our children are going to be screwed. Our grandkids are going to be screwed. I mean, it it just is what it is. So hopefully you're hearing something we said today and maybe you will, you know, go home today and think how you can make a change. Um, And hopefully, you know, we will start putting more pressure on these big companies, the ones that do have all the money and power. Maybe we'll we'll start forcing them to make the changes to see bigger changes. Um, So I hope you enjoyed our episode today. Uh, You guys have a great day and we'll see you next time. See ya.